0: Welcome back to another episode on Coffee with Craner. I'm your host, Lyndon Crane, and today we have a really great guest from the Windsor-Essex community joining us. She first joined Windsor Police Service as a cadet in 1994, and since October of last year, she was named Windsor's first female chief of police in Windsor Police Service's history. So I'm glad to have Chief Pamela Mizuno on the show today. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Chief Mizuno, for being here. Thank you, Lyndon. I appreciate you having me. So every show, I start off with a question relating to coffee. Now, uh, where near headquarters or in headquarters is your favorite place to get coffee? Well, these days, I'm not venturing out much for coffee. So really, my
1: favorite place indoors having coffee is in Deputy Chief Jason Blair's office. So he has this fantastic espresso machine, and uh, I think I probably use it daily. (laughs)
0: that's fantastic so you usually have espresso shots or is it uh like a cup of coffee what do you prefer
1: well coffee in the morning espresso as you get later on in the afternoon when the day starts to uh you know get late in the day gotta get a little perk up with that
0: uh, espresso excellent well i'll have to get you a a nice coffee with craner mug for when you do have coffees uh in the morning throughout the day so to jump into our our first question your first year as uh, chief of police is coming up in october a few days away Um, What would you say so far has been your one of your biggest accomplishments that you're proud of? Well, I think 2020
1: has obviously been quite a year for the Windsor Police Service and for the entire community. Um, You know, COVID has really uh, taken taken us all, you know, um, to a point where we have to make a lot of change very quickly to adapt. And I think our organization did very well. And really, over the last few years, our service has dealt with constant change. So there's been numerous retirements and promotions that have led to many changes in the leadership ranks within the service. And through all of these changes, our members continue to provide outstanding service to our community. You know, on a daily basis, our members are making a conscious effort to connect with our community. And as well, our current senior leadership is a strong team who are really invested in the goals and the path of the service moving forward. So, you know, the one thing this year that we've really done, I think, as a team, we've generated a momentum towards equity and diversity within the workplace. And we're really building on some of those steps that have been taken and put into place over the past few years. So we've we've looked towards moving a shift in our culture, um, and I think there's an acceptance of a culture shift within the organization and all ranks and levels in the organization. Are, I think really looking forward to you know, seeing some change. Um, we want to be that organization that benefits from diversity and inclusivity. Um, When I first uh, uh, took over as acting chief back in July, um, I had meetings with every staff sergeant uh, and ranks above uh, within the organization. And the one message that was loud and clear to me was that the status quo was not acceptable. Um, So we really wanna give everyone in the organization a a voice. And we're also looking to hear from our community as well. How can we be better? Because there's always room for improvement. Um, So many of the changes that we've already made internally and that we are working towards um, and in the direction that the organization wants to go are addressed as recommendations in the OCPC report on the investigation of the Windsor Police Service that was released um, back in August. So the report really validates some of those concerns that we had as a team and gave us focus and direction on our path forward. And any processes that we improve improve internally will really improve the service that we provide to the community. So I think that's really, you know, the, the biggest accomplishment of the organization over the past year is really setting
0: the path forward and the focus and where we want to be. Definitely. And, and you've made accomplishments before many, many accomplishments throughout your career before uh, becoming chief of police and acting chief of police so you started the human rights uh, project. You work on that for for three years. What was the, the main objective and goal behind that?
1: Well, really the, you know, the main objective was to eliminate uh, any discrimination in the service that we provide to the, provide to the community as well as internally um, in all our processes internally so you know that started the movement back in 2011 as you said the project wrapped up in 2014 and um, we did have that project evaluated at that time but uh, there's always work to be done um, and we really need to continue on some of that work that's been started um, we've made some changes internally and we've brought in um or uh, created uh, equity diversity and inclusivity coordinator position which is being filled by sergeant sergeant yvonne we met and as well you know looking towards the health and wellness another topic that's very um, important to our organization and important to our community. Uh, we've also uh, put in place a health and wellness coordinator position, which is being filled by Sergeant Bodahl And as a matter of fact, we just had a meeting, you know, this morning with both those officers uh, and they presented to the senior leadership team on the progress that they're making and, you know, the strategy and plan that they're creating um, for us moving forward. Um, and it was great to hear that information and, and to hear where they're at and see their ideas moving forward. So we do look
0: forward to the progress they're making making in the plan that they're putting in place. Excellent. Excellent. So for Windsor Police Service, you, you are the first female police uh, chief. Why do you think it took so long to kind of get to that to that level and to um, allow a female to um, run the organization?
1: Well, you know, the simple reason to talk about really is that historically policing has been and continues to be a male dominated profession. So the number of males in the service is much higher than the number of females. And you know, it still persists today to a greater or lesser extent in different policing organizations. So with fewer women in the organization, it's easy to reason that women have not progressed to higher ranks just because of sheer numbers. Um, There are less women, but it's not really that simple. So the other conversation is really about, you know, the organizational culture. Um, You know, predominantly white men uh, dominated police services, and really they established the culture inside policing organizations and also established all of the internal processes for movement to different areas in the organization, as well as those that led to promotion. So I think there were, you know, some subtle uh, behaviors and attitudes and barriers um, to women advancing in the organization. Um, you know, with our service, very specific, in one instance, even the physical structure of the building was a barrier to women. So up until not too long ago, um the emergency services unit area did not have uh, change facilities for women, which really indicated to women that they were not um, believed to be you know capable or thought that they could be members of the emergency service unit. Otherwise, there would have been changing facilities available to them. So, you know, these, the, these types of um, things are no longer typical, but there's still some lingering um, attitudes and ideas about women and policing as well. Some systemic issues, you know, that need to be addressed. Um, so there were some cultural biases that were barriers to women um, and also members representing the diversity of our community. So, you know, step-by-step step and day-by-day day, we're eroding these barriers and as we uncover them and, and eliminating them. So the real achievement is going to be um, when women and people from diverse backgrounds feel like they can participate equally in the workplace, and when I don't have to, you know, qualify
0: my leadership as being a, a, a female leader. Yes, and and I kind of want to jump into our next question uh, about that. So, being being a female leader, do you is it do you find it hard sometimes to um, differentiate from just being a female leader to being just the leader? Yes, it's it's hard to have to qualify
1: that. Um, But again, you know, like a lot of other male dominated industries, female leaders are always or feel like they're always in a position where they have to justify and qualify their promotions. Um, Culturally, culturally, people in these industries, you know, will typically scrutinize a female leader more than a male leader. And again, these, these things are changing and there's been a lot of change in the Windsor Police Service over the years. And we're really addressing some of these issues. Um, and I'm certainly not about scrutiny, but you know, you do kind of have to ask yourself, um, you know, are I and other female leaders in male dominated industries, do we face more scrutiny than a male counterpart? Um, you know, I think it's always there sort of in the background that I'm feeling uh, that I'm a female. And, you know, one one story I know I've relayed before is, you know, when you, it's always from the very start of your career, you always have sort of that feeling that you have to be better and uh, work harder um, to kind of prove yourself, uh, you know, and whether that's our our perception as females um, or whether that's a reality, uh, but it kind of is there, it kind of lingers in the background.
0: So how are you uh, differentiating that in, in your role, uh, being being a female leader? How are you kind of making those around you understand that you're the same as everyone else?
1: Well, I, you know, I think it's it's a lot of the things that the organization, again, sort of our focus moving forward and what we're doing as an organization to address these sort of cultural biases um, that exist. And and I do think it's it's you know we should also point out that a lot of this you know starts before you even get to the workplace, and it's really embedded. Um, these types of attitudes and biases are embedded in a paramilitary, male-dominated workplace. Um, you know, so I think just by, um, identifying and addressing and working really hard to eliminate this is how we're going to tackle that moving
0: forward. So on the topic of leadership, uh, I mean, leadership, uh, I, you would know, is it probably changes in, in different industries, um, uh, specifically in law enforcement, what do you think is the different, um, uh, the difference between leadership and law enforcement compared to other industries and sectors?
1: Well, in law enforcement today, it's just a rapidly shifting environment.
0: Um, It's a you know, there's
1: challenges really on every Front. The, the pace of change is increasing and, you know, the one thing um, is that incidents can go from local to national in a matter of seconds. So I think that's something that, you know, differentiates policing from other industries. Um, you know, and our officers are always increasingly asked to do tasks beyond core law enforcement issues. You know, dealing with persons who are in crisis and they have some mental health issues. Um, or being on the front line with respects to drugs and overdoses and homelessness and there's always new forms of crime and new technologies um, and there's the relationships with the community that really shift the nature of police work um, as well our stakeholders are the entire community um, so it makes leadership in, in the policing industry a little bit different and as well uh, you know there's the um, accountability we're very accountable to our public and we really uh, have uh, a lot of oversight uh, within
0: policing. So was being a leader in the police force something that was always on your mind growing up? Is this something that uh, sparked as as you're moving on and growing throughout post-secondary education? How did this um, eagerness to be a leader in the industry start?
1: Well I always had an interest in policing Um, so I was uh, I had come to Windsor from the Toronto area to go to the University of Windsor and uh, at some point a friend of mine had you know had said she's a applying for the OPP and I thought well that's a great job I can I can do that job it sounds exciting you know the the whole thing was you're able to help people uh but you're you know you're able to do that not sitting behind a desk you're able to go out on the road um, which kept me active and it's exciting and challenging and there's changes every day um so there was certainly not um you know the the my goal was never to be the chief of police and and um You know, just throughout the years, as you move throughout the organization, you're progressing uh, up the ranks and, and you're in those leadership roles, I think you know it's um it's an opportunity to make some changes within the organization and and to continue to help the community not on the front line perhaps but really directing um you know the focus of the organization and our path moving forward and to be a part of that with the really great team that we have uh you know both at the senior leadership level but also our members on the front line and our support staff that really work hard daily to you know support our community and all with the goal of public safety it's very exciting it's a very exciting challenge and um you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, the police services board saw something in me and have given me the opportunity um, to help lead the change.
0: So when you when you entered the role, what was the biggest uh, challenge for you, starting as, let's say, as a cadet in in uh, the 90s? Wow. So there were lots of challenges. <laughs> um,
1: it's it, uh, it was a little intimidating, to be quite honest. It, um, you know, to be out there and, and you know, one day I'm in, the, in university as a student and the next day I put on this uniform and I'm sent to police college to learn, you know, all the legislation and the tools that are gonna help me throughout the rest of my career. Um, and just the, the the role that you play in the community. And I think the responsibility of wearing a uniform and serving the community, that's that's very intimidating. That that responsibility that's placed on you, and uh, understanding that challenge, and also the expectations of the community, you are held to a higher standard, and you're expected, um, you know, to be uh, to represent the Windsor Police Service uh, with integrity, uh, which isn't a challenge, but I mean, it's it's there. You're you're uh, it's a huge responsibility, a huge commitment to our community.
0: And I have to say, Chief Mizuno, you're doing an incredible job. And we have some people in the comments really cheering you on. Uh, Sean Sinisak, what an excellent excellent role model you are. And we're we're so very proud to have you as a chief. And I I do have to say that and uh, definitely congrats on on your first year um, as chief of police. One really one great job. Uh, I think the entire community is super proud to have you leading us. So thank you for for joining me on the show today. And thank you for those watching. I hope you enjoyed this segment of Coffee with Craner.
1: Thank you very much, Lyndon. Bye bye.